Vacation starts with VA. Whether you're feeling beachy, mountainy, or every E in between, you'll find all that you love all in one trip to Virginia. Start yours at virginia.org. We're going to jump into the Timmy D's investigation again in this episode. I wanted to do another interview with Barb Hall because a couple of big things have happened. One, the autopsy results, at least some of them, have come in. So we have a little bit more to go on. Two, she has issued public records requests to eight different jurisdictions that have touched the investigation in one way or another. Before we jump in, I want to offer a reminder. I've publicly issued an invitation for anyone with the Missouri Highway Patrol to be interviewed about this case, which is now apparently closed. I called and left messages previously with the public information officer at the Highway Patrol. But if you go to the website, there's no way to reach out to anyone through email. The only numbers listed are basically for the main number. You can't reach anyone directly. The Missouri Highway Patrol makes it difficult to reach any of the people paid with our tax dollars to solve crimes. So this is another plea because I know the Highway Patrol listens to this podcast. If you'd like to explain further how you came to your conclusions about Timmy D's death, you're more than welcome to. You can reach us at contact at lawlessthepodcast.com. You can leave us a message through our Lawless Files Facebook page. We're hearing about this investigation through the experience of the victim's mother, Barb Hall. We believe she's being truthful. And she's had to be a loud voice in this case from the beginning just to get attention that her son was missing from Fredericktown. We understand she's hurting. But we are also advocating for her to be able to find answers. A mother of a dead son deserves whatever answers she can find if she wants them. And Barb Hall wants to know how and why Timmy died. As do we here at The Lawless Files. We also believe that mothers of dead sons deserve empathy, respect, and patience. They deserve kindness. They deserve time. They deserve to be heard. Those who investigate crimes, generally, work for all of us. We pay taxes that go to local, state, and federal jurisdictions to serve justice, to investigate crimes, to put forth an honest effort to execute the laws of the land. Part of that, surely, is also to show empathy toward victims' families. Part of those tax dollars, surely, are to be spent making sure suspicious deaths are investigated to the degree where homicide can be ruled out. We will continue to follow Timmy D's death because I personally believe his death deserves more examination and certainly more effort. It's not just Timmy's case either. We haven't forgotten about the Durante Martin investigation that has been determined by a grand jury to not be a suicide. And we are diving into the case of Doug Teal, whose death on Highway 72 has all sorts of red flags. So yeah, we understand that emotion fuels the mothers of these victims. How could they not? But their questions are not unreasonable. How could Durante have killed himself when the pathologist determined the gunshot had to have been taken from several feet away? If no drugs were found in Doug Teal's body, then how can it be explained that he wound up lying in the middle of a highway to be hit by a car? And if Timmy Dees died in a wooded area of his own accord, where's the phone he called 911 from? 
And why did officers not look for him after he called 911? These are not unreasonable questions. These are not questions that true public servants, those with curious minds and hearts for justice, should be refusing to attempt to answer. I'll give the Highway Patrol this. Maybe these cases are not truly solvable. You can't work miracles. Maybe there will never be enough evidence to convict anyone beyond a reasonable doubt. But what these mothers are really looking for here is effort. They want questions to be asked. They want evidence to be examined. They want homicide to be considered. In this interview, you're going to hear me express some frustration and opinions. Those frustrations and opinions are based on the belief that investigators and detectives ought to want to find answers and determine definitively whether someone was killed by another human being. Some of my opinions and frustration is based on the belief that a woman like Barb Hall is worthy of respect, patience, and an open mind. If I sound like I'm taking Barb's side on this, well, I do plead guilty to that. I also acknowledge it's the only side I'm hearing. But behind her emotion, Barb is not being unreasonable. Barb's voice deserves to be heard, and I'm using my platform to give her voice a megaphone. The lawless files exist, at least to some degree, for people like Barb. There may be reasons we are not aware of as to why the Highway Patrol believes that Timmy Dees was not murdered. But no good reason, as far as we know, has been relayed to Timmy's mother. In fact, she's now being looked as an adversary. They're shutting her off because she has the nerve to speak publicly about her son's case, which doesn't present the Highway Patrol in a good light. My opinions and frustrations are based on the idea that if a case is closed, then Barb Hall deserves all the information, all the facts, which she is now asked for under Section 610 of the Missouri Statutes. This is a case that simply blows my mind. I just don't understand. Something just doesn't make sense. The Highway Patrol is refusing to examine evidence, refusing to listen to information that has been relayed to Barb about her son's death. The Highway Patrol seems to be refusing to perform basic investigative steps to rule out homicide of a Missouri resident. If what Barb is saying is true, and I believe what she tells us, I'm sorry, this just isn't acceptable. My hope is that the public records will help explain more about why the investigation into the death of Barb Hall's son is now closed. I'm your host, Bob Miller. You're listening to The Lawless Files. Yeah, that sun, that set, uh, Sunday, his dad and I both talked to him. Monday came around, we didn't hear anything from him. Caleb Manning was a friend of, that grew up with Timmy. He lived at our house for a little while. I took him bowling for the first time. He was Timmy's friend. Caleb calls me. First, he said he was mad about some gas, that Timmy was supposed to have paid for some gas, and he didn't, and he was all mad. I said, well, where is Timmy? And he went, I don't know where he's at, he said. Then the next day, I get another phone call from Caleb. The story had changed, that he saw Timmy pay for the gas. So he wasn't mad at Timmy because he saw Timmy pay for the gas. So we've got a document showing that that Timmy was afraid of his friend. Yes. We've got a a text message chain from Caleb saying that he was 
you know, going to beat Timmy up. Correct. And we have Timmy, who's not been seen since the 28th. Since the 28th. My goodness. I know. I told him everything I knew, everything that I think they would be, where he'd be. Uh, when I get out, I'm going to look as hard as I can to find him. Uh, I'm worried, Barb. I love you. I love him. Don't you think that I'd do anything to hurt him? So we're with Barb Hall today. It's been a while since we've updated the case of Barb's son, Timmy Dees. Um, so we'll start with a little background here, um, which we, we kind of all, always do. But Timmy uh, Dees was um, reported missing on, uh, what was it, February 28th? Yes. All right. He was uh, missing for quite some time. Barb had a hard time even getting a law enforcement kind of to accept the missing person case to, you know, get some work done to help search for Timmy, all of these things. He was found, his body was found in July, correct? July 21st. July 21st. I know you have all of these dates memorized. Okay, so in between that time, a lot of things happened. Barb started reaching out, talking to people. She got information um, from different sources and witnesses. Um, people telling her certain things could be important uh, to the case. But all, but one of the more important things that she learned was there was a 911 call placed the night that he went missing. And if you recall, in that 911 report, it stated that Timmy had called the 911 uh, number to report that a friend was threatening him. And Timmy was never seen again alive after that call was made. So after that 911 call, um, officers showed up uh, They at, at this residence that, that Timmy uh, called from. So there were a couple or three people there. And they arrested one of them. They did not arrest uh, Timmy's friend, uh, Caleb Nanny, at, at that time. Later, they did. And these arrests weren't for anything that happened that night, but for warrants and other issues that were out for the arrest for other purposes. But still, we have a missing person at that point. We have a 911 call expressing some sort of, you know, urgent situation where a friend was threatening him police respond to that and timmy is never seen again uh, alive and his body was found on july 21st so at that point it you know barb had parked herself out in front of the courthouse asking begging for people to help find her son Finally, they, they found uh, Timmy's body. So to, to really fast forward this story, um, but where we left off kind of last time in the last episode is we were waiting for the uh, autopsy to come out. And so the first thing I wanted to talk about, Barb, is kind of what the autopsy found. Uh, unfortunately, 
uh, from what you've told me before, it doesn't really help us really to, to determine how Timmy died. Is that correct? Yes, it came out undetermined. Came out undetermined. And so, <clears throat> unfortunately, Timmy's body was, was only bones. Can you tell us where his body was found? It was a, found 184 yards from where he made the 911 call. Okay. Um, and it was in kind of a, a wooded uh, area near a, a uh, kind of a dry stream area, correct? Uh, yeah, it's they call it a dry creek. Dry creek. Mm -hmm. His his body, his bones, there's not, from what you said from the autopsy report, there was no, there, there were no hair or, or fingernails um, to, to be able to study. Uh... His, yeah, there's no nails, no fingernails. His uh, hand, his left hand that had the tattoo on, it's completely gone. A part of his shoulder is gone. Uh, one of his uh, feet, some of it's gone. And when I sent all this over to get a second autopsy to the person that was going to do the second, well, is going to do the second autopsy see for me eventually when I sent all the paperwork that I got from the corner to them they said well where they called me up and they said well where's the rest of it I go what do you mean where's the rest of it this is all that they gave me and they said that they could not do anything with what I have I have to have more and I'm having some difficulties getting that paperwork at this point Okay, that's so, why I haven't had the second autopsy done yet. Right, right, yeah. So that's an important part to remind our listeners of too. Um, at the time, you were trying to raise money to, you know, be able to afford afford this. Um, fortunately, it's uh, you were given some extra time before um, they, you know, buried Timmy's body, and you so you were granted this this time, and now you're in this. Now that you have this autopsy. You're in the position now to um, work with another, you know, pathologist to 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 do an autopsy. But the autopsy that you have seems to be incomplete, um, at least what was given to you. So now you're trying to get the rest of those documents. What do, can you explain like some of the things that were not included in the in the materials that you need? All it talks about is like the the bones that are there, the, his teeth. It really doesn't give any information on what position his body is was in. You know, I mean, how he was laying there. I asked the coroner if he had clothes on. The coroner hasn't even called me back. And that was, well, three or four days ago. And told me that he would let me know if Timmy had clothes on. Because first I was told he had clothes on. Now we don't know if he had clothes on. And he hasn't even called me back to tell me if Timmy had his clothes on or not. Okay. Fortunately, we don't know anything about what caused Timmy's death. It's just inconclusive. There's just not enough there right now to to say, well, was he, to my understanding, Barb, and correct me if, if I'm wrong, but what they're telling you is there has been no toxicology done because there was no hair or nails left on the body. Is that correct? Or skin, yes. Yes, or skin. It's come to my attention through some 
former detectives that I know that you can do a toxicology through bone marrow, but it doesn't look like uh, any bone marrow has been collected either, has there? I would imagine there would be in his teeth or something, correct? He's He has a one tooth missing. Yeah, but um, I, I guess what I'm, I'm saying is that you, that hasn't been tested, right? No, I asked him to do that and they said they don't do that. Okay, so where I'm going with that, there's no tech toxicology to say that Timmy died of an overdose, which is the theory that has been continued uh, you know, I guess by by law enforcement. Yes, yeah. I was pretty much told that I should be grateful that they found him. And uh, that's it. The, the case is closed and I need to move on. But there's just so many questions because of the 911 call and so many other questions that I would love to have answered. It's not, I, I just don't know how to move on when there's so many questions that aren't answered. Right. And uh, I want to get into that here, here in a minute. Because they are telling you that the case is closed, what that means for you is that the file, the investigative file, should now be open to the public. So you have sent off public records requests to a number of different agencies to get your hands on all of the information that the police and the coroner, all the information that's been collected so far. Um, can you tell me about when you sent those out? The 25th, I'm going to say. Okay, so that was a little, uh, a week or so ago, right? Yes, yes. Okay. And you heard back from uh, some folks at the Highway Patrol, if I'm understanding it correctly. Is that Correct. right? Yeah. Correct. And they were just asking some general questions. That that was the, the folks up in Jefferson City. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Tell me who else you've, you've heard back from, if any. I've heard from the chief of police in Fredericktown, Eric Hovis. Okay. What did he tell I you? He just sent me a paper saying that he doesn't have anything. Okay. Uh, I haven't heard from Katie at all. Okay. I so heard, I heard from Jeff Johnson, the highway patrol. And Katie, Katie McCutcheon is the sheriff of um, Madison County. And so you haven't heard from her. Uh, who else have you not heard from? Or Monroe, which is the de uh, detective from, uh, Jefferson County, where I made the 911, I mean, the missing persons report out of because I didn't know Timmy was in Fredericktown at the time. Yeah. I just knew he was missing. Right. He, he Did he respond or hasn't responded? I haven't heard anything. No. Okay. And who else? Um, the coroner? Yes, and that, that's kind of confusing to me because I sent it to St. Louis, the anthropologist. Right. And I didn't hear from her. She she forwarded the paper to Madison County. So I heard from the coroner in Madison County instead of her, which kind of 
confused me because I never sent one to him. He right. called me and told me it got forwarded to him. Okay. So just, just to kind of let people know that scenario, um, when, when Timmy's body was found, it was found, uh, the coroner is there to take possession of the body. Is that right? Yes. And he said he brought Timmy's body up to St. Louis County. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not surprising. Like a, a local coroner may not have all of the expertise in a situation like this um, when you've got, uh, you know, nothing but a skeleton. So he took the body to St. Louis for, for someone um, who has, you know, kind of more qualified to handle a case like this. And so so she did the the work on the autopsy and everything. So you sent <clears throat> a public records request to her and then she um, forwarded that to the county coroner, um, which makes some sense. But um, you still haven't really heard anything in terms of a re official response to your request. Is that right? Well, I heard from the coroner and every question I asked him, he referred me to the highway patrol he couldn't answer any of my questions okay. which... but it's still any records need to come to you that you've requested i'm uh, praying yeah and so just to let our listeners know again this is kind of minutiae kind of stuff but um when you file a public records request in the state of missouri the receiving agency or public official has 72 hours to respond to that request. Um, I've done a lot of uh, requests over the years. I'm pretty familiar with this process. And if it's a document or it's real easy to respond to, usually they'll go ahead within 72 hours and say, here's, here's what you were looking for. Um, this completes the request, but they also have the option of just responding to say, I've received your request and I need some more time to process it. Correct. But they are required to respond in that way within 72 hours. And if they don't, they're in violation of Missouri's open record statute. Um, so what we're looking at here is we're well beyond the 72 hour threshold and they, and several of these entities have still not responded to your request. Am I right in that? Yes, I have not heard from Katie McCutcheon, the sheriff, at all. And I, when I sent the request, I had him sent where I took him to the post office where they would have to sign for him so I would know when they got him. And I have a receipt showing that Katie McCutcheon, the sheriff, signed it and received it, but I have not heard anything from her. Yeah. So, so currently it looks like um, at least the sheriff's department is in violation of the open record statute. Um, and then anyone else who hasn't, who hasn't responded. And, and again, to repeat what you just said, you know, you went through this process of going through the mail and official capacity and, and getting signatures that they received it. And everyone that you sent it to has received it, correct? According to your receipts? Yes. Right. You know, for those who've been following this, the, the, the public official capacities 
re responsible for investigating this have just not been real cooperative with Barb at all or, or shown a lot of interest in her son's death. And this is just another example. This is procedural, right? So we're not, you know, this isn't like banging on them for what role or what they played or didn't play in, in an investigation. That's a different, that's a different discussion. But the simple act of communication can't even be done here. It's just the bare minimum that's required. And it's it's just a shame that this hasn't happened yet. So we're going to keep on top of this, Barb, and, and keep putting this out. The Highway Patrol, state of Missouri, the one that you sent to Jefferson City, they said they're probably going to need up to 30 days to process this. Um, but they're waiting, as you told me earlier, they're waiting to get some documents from the investigator. Is that right? Yes. The thing that hurts the most is, to be honest, is it took six weeks of my own just begging someone to acknowledge and help me look for Timmy in the first place. I mean, my family and some of my family and my friends and Timmy's friends were the only ones that even looked for him. They didn't even acknowledge that Timmy was missing. I, I stayed at the courthouse, as you know, and, and pretty much was begging people, you know, the, the police are, you know, please help me find my son. He's missing. And I, I'm very hurt about that part. You know, I mean, six weeks is a long time. And I believe if they would have just looked for Timmy when that 911 call was made, that he could possibly still be alive. And well, yeah. And not 184 yards from where he made the 911 calls where they found him. Yeah. Even as we're looking at this investigation, if they had taken action sooner and found his body sooner and put the emphasis on it sooner, then maybe the evidence that you have in the form of his body might have been better preserved to help solve this but Absolutely. the fact that they didn't treat it seriously, now there's there's really not a lot there to go on. I want to take this in a, in a different a different kind of way right now. The reason why you're asking, and I want to really pound this home, the reason why you're asking and able to get these documents is because the investigators of this case have now determined it's a closed case. So I just want to review why that's such a shocking move. As we've stated earlier here, Timmy is missing, right? He made a 911 call the night that he went missing. His body is found in the woods. You have information of people telling you things that seem suspicious. You've talked to Caleb his friend who he is with the night that he went missing, who has given you different stories of what happened that night. 10 different stories to be exact. 10 different like contradictions of things that actually happened that night. And you have all of that information that points to 
at least some doubt, like some, it points to a a strong possibility of homicide. At least, a, at least a possibility, but yet the police or the investigators with the highway patrol are telling you, well, there is no homicide. This case is closed. Correct. We've done all that that we can. I don't know how anyone can make that make sense. Um, so part of what we hope, I know what you're hoping, but, you know, as a person who's following the case, what I hope, too, is that at least we can get some answers with these records. Like, what did the police, what, you know, what did investigators do? What did they not do? I think that's just as important. Yes. But but we already know things that they didn't do. And we've talked about this in previous episodes, and we don't have to get into it a lot. But Timmy made a 911 call that night on his phone. That phone was not found. And there's really no good explanation. You've been given a couple of different hypotheses of what might have happened to that phone. Right. And then, you know, when we talked the last time, there was a check-in on the 27th of Timmy's on Timmy's phone of Fredericktown on the 27th of March which is what was almost exactly 30 days from when he came up missing and then when you go on his Facebook page now it's gone that's just suspicious to me yeah for sure and so those of you who use Facebook know that you can i don't think this was exactly a check-in but it was it was certainly it said you know timmy is in fredericktown i can't remember exact wording there no it says check-in checked in at fredericktown okay so i mean you can put yourself in barb's shoes here you're the mom of a son who's missing you're going to be checking that facebook page all the time to see if there's anything coming up there um, if he's missing and he pops up somewhere, you know, like you're going to be looking at that. And so she's looking at this page and she sees that he's checked in at Fredericktown a month after he's missing. And then when she goes to, so she takes a screenshot of it, which is very smart. And then at some point later, it's not there anymore. So but I don't know how that happens. Right. All and the other check-ins are still there, but the one from Fredericktown is gone. Yeah. But that was the only one made after he was missing, correct? Yes. Okay. So we have a scenario where Timmy calls 911, says his friend is threatening him. He's found several months later in July. There's nothing left of his body except bones, pretty much. And there's no phone. There's no phone anywhere around him. And there's a check-in that happens in Fredericktown. And, and for those who may have forgotten, Timmy's Timmy's not from Fredericktown. He was only in Fredericktown with his friend, um, Caleb. So where's the, where's the phone? Where's the phone? And 
part of I, this investigation needs to include finding out where that phone is and where that phone went the night that he went missing, trying to dissect where that happened, you know, like what movements were made, even if you could find it, because there, there are also rumors and theories out there that maybe Tim, Timmy didn't die there. Maybe he was, his body was taken there at a later time. Um, so the forensics involved with his phone and with Facebook are things that normally should be checked out in a suspicious death like this, but it hasn't been. Now there is some discrepancy on that, I guess, Barb, after you talk to uh, um, some, some folks here in, in recent days, um, I guess, are they saying they, they've done everything that they could do with the phone? Yes. Okay. I reached out to, uh, to a, a former detective just last night and was asking her about this. Like, do you need the phone to get the data of kind of where that phone traveled? And she says, no, um, you can get that, you know, you can subpoena that information and get that information. Um, she mentioned that there was a case that was solved, like a 13-year-old case just solved recently. It, it had the phone, but I followed up that question. Like, well, what about um, if you don't have the phone? She's like, yeah, you can subpoena that information. I've, I've done that before. So she's personally been involved in cases where that information is subpoenaed. So it'll be interesting to see when we get those records back exactly what they have done with the phone information. Right. Because I one of the one of the things that I was told was that Caleb and Mike Busking, Caleb called Timmy and told because this is one of the stories I got from Caleb, because at that time I did not know that Timmy had called 911 and said his friend was threatening him yet. So Caleb told me that Timmy was paranoid and took off running and he called him and was talking to Timmy and he woke up Mike Busking and Mike Busking and and put Timmy on speakerphone and Mike Busking and him was listening, trying to get Timmy to come back and they could hear him running over ice or frost from the ground and uh, that he wouldn't come back well i asked about that and they and they said well that's what they said that caleb had said and i said well how do we know that's true if we don't do any you know pinging or whatever on the phone because if that story is true wouldn't timmy have the phone with him right i mean yeah like what why was the phone not found? And I, you know, it's, you said Timmy's dad went out there with a, uh, a metal detector, right? And they, they kind of looked uh, for the yes. phone. Yes. Yeah. Uh, w- were any uh, law enforcement officers uh, included in that search or? No. Okay. You know, so I think. Jeff, John- Jeff Johnson told me he's not going to go out there. There's too much brush and he's not going to do that. And I was like, well, I, I don't expect you to do that. 
I really appreciate that you found my son, but I, I that phone's important. I, I've seen so many cases get solved by just the telephone. So I'm a little confused on that, but then they said they've done stuff with the phone. So I really don't know at this point until I get this paperwork. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to, to me, the, I don't know. I'm not an expert. I'm not a, I'm not a law enforcement detective here. I, I'm, you know, I don't have this training, but to me, that phone. is a big deal. It's a, it's like the first thing you're going to want to find and look for. Yeah, um, I would believe that phone would tell, I would answer a lot of questions. Is that story that Caleb is saying about talking to Timmy and trying to get Timmy to come back and all that, that Caleb's trying to tell me would be true if they found that phone and could check the, you know, just check the records on that phone. Right. Thought, yeah. And, you know, and the only, as far as you're aware, I think this is true. You tell me if it's not true, but the only evidence that this, that Timmy's death was perhaps drug related is coming from the person and the friends who were the subject of the 911 call. Correct. So from what I'm only... understanding, yes. So if, if you're to, if you think. Because they're saying drugs were related. And I asked them, well, if drugs are related, please prove that to me. Exactly. And that's what I, that's what I'm getting at. So the, as a thought, as kind of a thought experience uh, experiment here, if you're to be looking at this as a possible homicide, one of the suspects has got to be the person who was threatening him in that phone call in that 911 call he has to be a suspect and the and the people who are there and last saw him as by extension have to also be suspects or accomplices or you know like you have to be looking at them as potentially being res somewhat responsible for this death if, if you're thinking in terms of you know this could or couldn't be his homicide on the side that it could be a homicide you have to check those people out. And then, and then top person you would want to check out is the friend that was threatening him. And so if though, if they're suspects and they're the only ones providing any kind of, ev like if your only evidence of a drug overdose or a drug death is coming from those people, you have to kind of take it with the grain of salt, you know, Correct. you have to, I mean, okay. They've, they've said this, they've said this thing, whatever it is, he had drugs or whatever, but you have to try to verify that to some degree. And that's what you're talking about in terms of prove it. Well, I mean, one of the things that you could do to try to at least confirm some of this party is find that phone and where Timmy went. Does it make sense? Does it jive with the story that they're telling? Um, but that's not what, I mean, it's just, I'm, I'm just baffled, but they're saying it's a close case. This case is, is pretty, it's, it's it, when you say it's a close case, you're basically saying this case is solved. Correct. 
And they can't say that he died of an overdose because they haven't done a toxicology. They could. That's they, why tell me, they tell me they couldn't. Yeah, they have no evidence that this was... Uh, there's, just no ev- there's just no evidence other than the word of a person who could be a suspect in, the homicide, in a homicide. Correct. thing that I guess is I'm you know that bothers me is that they're telling me what Caleb and Mike Busking told him but since Timmy's gone and not here to defend himself Timmy what Timmy said by saying his friend was threatening him doesn't matter you know I mean and then when I asked them about where was Mike Busking and Caleb when they arrested Trevor when the police arrived there, they said that Trevor and, I mean, Caleb and Mike Busking were in the house. And I said, well, how do you know that? And they said, because they said so. And because Caleb had warrants at the same time that Trevor did. So where was Caleb when they arrested Trevor? Why didn't they arrest Caleb then too? Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've wondered that too. I want, I, you know, like, how do you know about the warrant that's out for this guy, but not this other guy? Because and, they didn't talk to the other guys. <laughs> well, I mean, again, hopefully these documents will reveal more more of this information. Well, like I said, when I talked to them, that's what they told me. Yeah, when I asked them why Caleb was not arrested when Trevor was. When they were on the scene in five minutes, which really hurts to think that they were on the scene in five minutes and didn't look for my son. Yeah. And, but then, but well, you who, arrested Trevor. That was the priority was to arrest somebody that you, you found out had a warrant. But you say that you went back hours later and arrested uh, Caleb because he had warrants. Well, if Caleb was there, why didn't you arrest him too? So in other words, you didn't talk to anybody except for Trevor and you arrested him and left. Right. And that, that wasn't uh highway patrol. That was, you know, that was okay. Sheriff's, that Sheriff's was, Department. Yeah. That was Madison County Sheriff's Department. Right. And again, the Madison County Sheriff's Department has not responded to your public records request, uh, to, you know, past the 72 hours. So we really hope, um, that they comply and so maybe we can find out more about what happened in that 911 incident but regardless of that these are things that before they close the case they could have they could have if these if there is information that is out there so so let's say that the sheriff's department has a perfectly logical conclusion that's not comfortable for you or whatever but whatever evidence that they have, they still could have come to you before they closed the case and said, this is, we're closing the case. Here's the information that we have and why we're closing the case. And, and, you know, but that's not, that's not what's happening. 
they they're not telling you any really solid information as to why they think that this case is not a homicide. The only evidence they're giving you is just what sus what people who could be considered as suspects are telling you. And right. on top on top of that, they're they're telling you they're they're also telling you that um you know you're just you're just a mom who can't accept it. Right. Which is and the and the thing is too, Jeff Johnson from the Highway Patrol told me, you know, that uh, aren't you glad that we found the body? And I was like, you don't know how grateful I am that you found the body. I am very appreciative. But what really hurt me, and I'm sorry because it makes me emotional when I even think about it, and shocked me was when he said, "Don't you just want to believe?" Yeah. That nothing happened to your son. Well, I was stunned. I I really didn't even have words. Yeah. That that he talked to me and said that to me. What mother wants to just hear? Oh, don't you just want to believe? I want the truth. I right. want to know what happened to my son. I miss my son every single day. And, that, and I'm not trying to be difficult. I just want answers to some questions that any mother would want to know about what happened to their son. You're willing and and you, you'll accept the truth, whatever it may be. So far, there's nothing close to the truth that's being presented, like in terms of here are the facts, here's the evidence, here's, a, here's what happened. There are so many... We we don't know that he had drugs in his system. They haven't done a toxicology. You know, we don't know why Caleb has told so many stories. We don't know where the phone went. We don't know where he might have gone after making that phone call or why. We don't know if he was, if he died in that place or it, you know, because I've had several people contact me and say they don't even believe that he was there the whole time but he was 140 i mean 184 yards from where the 911 call was made yeah not very far not very far and and if that story with mike busking and caleb is true i can run 140 yards uh, less than four minutes you know, I mean, I, what can you run? I'm a healthy 25 year old man can be farther away than 140 or 84 yards. Yeah. Yeah. If he's, if he's running. Yeah. And, um, and Mike busking and Caleb saying he's running. So yeah, that's not yeah. very far for a 25 year old young man to be yeah. run and saying that you talk that they, they were on the phone for four minutes, four minutes is, you can run a lot farther than 184 yards in four minutes. Right. I understand what you're getting at. The point, the, the, the larger point is that we don't know anything. Correct. I mean, we don't know why he died. We don't know that he had drugs in his system. We do know that a 911 call was made and Timmy was scared. And I guess that's enough to... I mean, to close a case, it's just uh, bewildering to me. Uh, and that's the reason why we're continuing to do uh, this podcast. We just, you know, it's going to what 
what this boils down to, Barb, and to everyone listening, is that you're, you've been burdened with the responsibility of investigating your own son's death. The state, the county have given up. They, they seem not interested in finding out what, you know, evidence and finding evidence that supports their theory. And my son was a human being. He was somebody I loved. Yeah. He was, he had a good job. He wasn't just a, it doesn't matter if he was a bum on the street. He's still a human being. He was my son. I loved him. And any mother would want answers to what happened to their son. And to just get nothing. And I'm praying I'm going to get answers. But right now, and then they're trying to tell me that I can't prove that he even made the 911 call. Well, it's his phone number. Everything. Wait, 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 wait. What? Yes, in the beginning of this, they were. I was told that I can't even prove that Timmy made the nine one one call. Oh, <laughs> well, you've got the nine one one report. It has right. his. It has his. But name anybody on it. could. Anybody could have picked up his phone and called nine one one. That is what. Uh, okay, but his number. Needed. But his name is on there, right? Correct. I mean, isn't the first thing that a dispatcher is going to ask is what, who's calling? What's your name? Yeah I, yeah. I mean, it's on the paperwork, but. Okay. All right. Well, Um. but yeah, so. Uh, Why would somebody take his phone and call 911 and say my friend's, friend's threatening me for one is one of my questions. And the second of all, if Timmy didn't fear for himself, and what didn't feel threatened, I know my son would not call 911 and just say he was felt threatened by his friend for no reason. Yeah, that that doesn't that doesn't make sense. And and you know, I I, I kind of talked about you know, some of this is opinion on my part. I'm just gonna be open about that. Um, but it's based on based on what we know. But I talked about how it seems that the public system is letting you down um part of that is also that the apparently the 911 system was broken so we don't even have a recording of the call it's just the paper report um so uh, if, if anybody was wondering about that uh there is no recording of the call it's just uh very vague um you know notes put into the the log um, so anyway, back to the point, the point of it is that the state can pro provide, has provided you no evidence so far that supports their theory. No, I other just, than I, the word of people who could be considered suspects in a, in a potential homicide, but they're yes. willing to close the case. And now the burden has been put on your shoulders to try to find, to get to the truth. And so hopefully what we're hoping is that these files can help you, um, you know, get with, uh, uh, get a, get a new autopsy done, 
Um, it can build on, you know, you can build off of that, those documents um, to do your own investigation through private investigators, you know, and, and, and whatever you can do, whatever we can do on the lawless files. Hopefully we can build off of the framework that's already there. Um, well, I'm praying that I'm still going to get the paperwork. I mean, I'm still going to get the paperwork and uh, I, Timmy's dad's not going to bury him before I get that paperwork so I can get the second autopsy. If not, Timmy will be buried and then I'll have that burden of trying to figure, you know. Yeah. yeah and it, it's, you it's know, just, and on top of this, again, this is kind of, you know, again, this is an opinion for all the, you know, take it for what it's worth. But as a taxpayer of Missouri, it doesn't seem beyond reasonable to issue a subpoena for the phone and the Facebook um, check-in. That, that doesn't, it, it's not like we're asking for them to shut down everything else that they're doing. You know, I know this is one of many cases and that they've got to be busy people. True P is a big place. There's not a lot, you know, I, they, they can say all that that they want, but it doesn't seem too much to ask for the, the phone information. You know, well, like, I thought that's what they did. I yeah, thought I mean, when you find a dead body, you do you use your resources to find out what happened to yeah. the person. Yeah, so we'll find out hopefully if if they can, you know, if you don't get responses uh to these sunshine law requests, then we have some other major questions that we have to ask. Because if you don't get the documents, then it starts to begin to look like a cover-up. And Lord, I hope that's not the case here. This is not a hard, this is not a hard thing. Provide documents, an accounting of everything that was looked at, everything that was done, all of the notes. This is not a hard requirement. It's certainly, again, as a taxpayer of Missouri, look, this is bare minimum type stuff. Well, um, I'm being told that. I'm just a grieving mother that doesn't want to accept her son's death. I've already had to accept that my son is gone. I'm, you know, I'll see him again someday when I get to heaven. Cause I know that's where he is, but I'm not trying to act like the grieving mother that hasn't accepted that my son's gone. I just would like to have answers of what happened to him. Your questions in my mind, are not unreasonable. Um, you've got, inf you know, you've got evidence. You have leads. Anytime that there's a, a death or a disappearance, you, I mean, usually the detectives will go to the family members and say, "Did he have any?" You know, there's, there's a situation where the police are working with family members. First, to see if they're involved, but also to gather information and try to solve a case. What you're doing here is simple, like it's it's not overwhelming. Honestly, it's honestly, not. They, I you know, like, <laughs> so, so let's just play this out in a different scenario. 
let, let's say, you know, Timmy was found with a, with a gunshot wound. They're going to come to you and say, who does Timmy know? You know, how can, you know, can we get access to X, Y, Z? They're going to come to you and ask for information. That's what they did in the Michelle Lawless case. You know, one of the first people they talked, I mean, they talked to Michelle's parents are asking about who was her boyfriends were things like that. The first thing that they're going to do in a homicide is come to you and say, who did Timmy know? Well, they're swearing it's not a homicide. That's my point. That's my point. This is and this is a this scenario that we're talking about is a homicide. They would come to. They didn't know. They still don't know really that this wasn't a homicide, but they're refusing to accept the information that you're trying to provide to them. Well, I actually went to I went there on August the 12th. And I sat down and talked to him about the phone and the check-in and all that. And I've tried to sit down and just try to give him information that I have heard. People contacted me, some of Timmy's associates, what they've said to me. And they don't, they're not even interested in hearing it. Right. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is, you know, you're, saying they're saying that well you're just a grieving mom well yes. you're a grieving mom who want who wants to know if her baby was murdered and you have and and you have reason to want to know that and our detectives should want to know that and by not asking at least trying to get the phone records um and 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 taking the information from you that points to potential foul play they're not they're not acting from a they're not acting from a position that this could be a, a homicide they're only acting no i mean their mind was made up quick it seems like four days four yeah. days they called me after his body was found and told me yeah, but froze. there's nothing. But there's nothing about the body that points to anything but, like, there's there's nothing in the body that says it was not a homicide. So what? That's why my mind's just blown here. They're they're acting as if they've only considered this a drug-induced death that they have not pursued the angle that it's a homicide because they haven't investigated those things. I mean, at least that's what it appears like. We'll, we'll know more when the, when the documents come back. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to accuse them of not doing their job. I just don't understand why they're calling me and telling me it's not a, a, a homicide and that my son just died and I need to accept it and move on. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I think we're, we're, we're kind of saying the same things over and over. Yeah. But, but again, last time, if they have evidence and they know how Timmy died, if they know it, if their, if their investigation 
has shown that without a doubt, then they owe it to you to sit down before they close the case and say, Barb, this is how Timmy died. Let me walk you through the, the evidence. The evidence is conclusive here. And this is how he died. Here's the evidence that shows it. And we played out all of these other things. But they closed it basically without telling you you had to track them down. And then on top of that, they're trying to make you out to be something you're not just because you're asking questions. So that's where we're at in this thing right now. Um, the and Jeff Johnson told me he was never got he wasn't going to speak to me anymore. Right. I twist his words and I make a full out of him and I'm not trying to do that. I'm just asking questions that that any mom would ask because there's just too many things too that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. The uh, communication uh, just hasn't been good on this. Um, and uh, Barb, we'll continue to uh, follow this. The state owes you documents, so we'll. We'll wait for those documents to come out. We'll report what they we'll report what they say. And then we'll go from there. We'll figure figure out what we can confirm or not confirm. Um, you'll do a second autopsy, but which by the way is going to cost thousands of dollars. You spent hundreds of dollars on this public records request to do the uh certified mail and all that. Yeah. Two exactly two hundred and twenty-five dollars that I really couldn't afford to pay, but yeah. it was important to me. Yeah. Too. So all of this, you know, is out is out in our future just trying to find the, the truth because the people who are in charge of doing that simply aren't. So is there anything else you want to say, Barb, before we uh I just want to thank you and uh I do believe the truth comes out because I have a strong relationship with my Lord and Savior, and the truth comes out. It's what yep. he does. <laughs> All right, Barb. Well, thank you very much. Um, we'll you. we'll catch up soon, and uh, we'll be we'll be in touch even between now and the next episode. So uh, okay. keep your head up. You know, we know you're in this for the long haul. Just try to try to enjoy some some time away from it if you can i know that's hard but uh we're all pulling for you to find some answers here okay thank you very much and you have a blessed night you too thank you Bye-bye. i'm your host bob miller you've been listening to the lawless files i have a special ask for you this episode if you appreciate what we're doing here at the lawless files and trying to bring accountability and attention to some of these cases, please go online and and just give us a shout out wherever you can, whether that's true crime groups that you're in or just sharing on your social media page. Please help us spread the word so we can continue this work. The Lawless Files is a production of Lead Hound Publishing, LLC. The Lawless Files is hosted and edited by yours truly, Bob Miller. Music by Tyler Grafe.